Well, hey, American Hauntings listeners. I'm not sure how many of you are on board quite yet, but we are glad to have you here. Uh, for those of you who are, uh, I know it usually takes a couple of minutes for uh, everybody to get rolling with these things. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll hold off just for a second here and let everybody get caught up. Uh, my name's Troy Taylor. I think a lot of you already know that. Uh, if you're a listener to the podcast, you probably recognize my voice. Uh, I've had that happen more than people recognize my face these days. But uh, I am solo for our end of the year movie show. Um, as I mentioned uh, in the last um, the last podcast that we did, I Cody has been a little under the weather, uh, so I have been kind of uh, jumping in on some of this stuff. Uh, a little heavier than usual, which is why things have been running a little late. Sorry. Uh, but anyway, we, we couldn't get together to be able to put out a combined show. So I am sorry about that. So you'll just have to listen to my picks for the year. But I mean, let's be honest. I usually just bully Cody into watching whatever I tell him to watch anyway. So <laughs> as it turns out, it's probably not that that big of a deal uh, as far as uh, poor Cody, but um, I think that um, we should be good. Uh, so apparently Facebook is angry because I don't have enough light. Um, so here's a little more light, uh, which, you know, I don't want to hurt anyone's eyes here. Um, well, by putting on too much light. Uh, anyway, so what, um, what I'm going to do is uh, start off kind of like we do our regular shows and remind everybody that we do have a couple of things coming up. Uh, for those of you who are uh, fans of the Haunted America Conference, uh, those tickets are going to go on sale January 8th, which is going to be here before we know it. I, I can't believe how fast December has gone. It's Christmas almost already. Uh, so that's going to be coming up on us quick. And, and don't forget about Dead of Winter. Uh, that's coming up February 10th, um, the 9th too, if you want to join in on the uh, Ghosts and Gangsters dinner that's happening on Friday evening. So um, check those out on the website, AmericanHauntings.net. Uh, you can check out what we've got coming up. And, and like I said, just keep an eye out on your newsletters and things for uh, information about the conference because those tickets will be going on sale here pretty quick. So the next thing I want to do, because, you know, as we mentioned in today's show that you you may have listened to already, uh, or I guess it was last night that it went up. But um, if you, um, you know, know that we don't have another show coming and we won't start our season till mid-January, I thought I'd better read the texts that we had um, because I don't want to pile them up on you uh, later on. So Anyway, let me let me read the couple that we have. If you do want to um, get involved in the text line, I'm sorry, the haunt line, because that's what we've decided to call it. Uh, well, I just made a unilateral decision there. Uh, but if you do want to get involved in that, uh, the number is 217-791-7859. So um, jot that down uh, if you ever want to get involved in some text. So the first one I want to send to you or read to you is uh, from Marie. She's in the 502. And she said, hey, all uh, love the show regarding the Springfield three with the hospital lot. What did they find there? They didn't find anything there um, because the uh, lot turned out to have been in, uh, built and poured, I believe, after uh, the girls had gone missing. So uh, anyway, she also said, hey, thanks, Troy, for all the books, especially Taking Up Serpents. This helped me shut the door on some of what my family put me through as a kid. 
hey, you and me, both, sister, uh, that's why I wrote the book. Um, or maybe I shouldn't say sister because that brings up a whole other can of worms. Um, so anyway, this is, um, this is, a, this is one from the uh, 618. Uh, this is Jen here. She said, I moved to Belleville in 2001 from Pittsburgh. My husband's family had moved to the area in 1995 from Pittsburgh due to a job transfer. My husband stayed behind. He was going into his freshman year of college. After college, getting married, we decided to move to Belleville to be closer to his family. And here we are in 2023, still here. Anyway, bit off topic. Anyway, a few years after moving here, I was bumming around Lebanon and stumbled across one of Troy's books. I believe it was an old edition of Haunted Alton. As someone who loves hauntings and history, I was intrigued to read about the local area. I was hooked and continue to be so. I followed Troy on Facebook when the podcast started, saw the post about it, and was super excited. Have been listening since episode one. Again, um, I'll apologize. Uh, your podcast has got me through some tough days at work, making my commute that much easier and providing me with lots of information. So thanks for your work. Keep writing. I'll keep reading. Keep making the podcast, and I'll keep listening. So uh, thank you, Jen. Uh, we appreciate that. And finally, uh, one more. Uh, this is from the 520. And uh, this one just says, my son did it. He graduated from Navy boot camp. Before we headed to Illinois, we stayed the night at the Stanley in Colorado. We were a few doors down from the Stephen King suite, but never witnessed any ghostly happenings. It was, however, gorgeous with the snow. Everyone laughed at my husband. He was the only one in shorts and a t-shirt when we arrived there. That's because those of us who come from different climates don't understand that. Uh, I remember going to Florida one time in January, and it was like 65 degrees. Everybody in Key West had on parkas and snow hats. Yeah. Anyway, uh, when we went to Illinois, we saw the site of the former murder castle and stayed two nights at the Congress Hotel in Chicago. But alas, no ghostly happenings there either. Uh, it was colder than a witch's titty up there. And we're glad to be back in Arizona. I will bet you are. Uh, it is uh, chilly here, but nothing like uh, Chicago, I am sure. So anyway, so those are our texts that we've had coming in. And um, like I said, if you guys ever want to get involved in the texts line, the haunt line, uh, the number is 217-791-7859. Okay, so anyway, let's let's kind of get started uh, and get a roll going here uh, with, with what we're doing. Um, so it looks like that I watched, um, as far as I could count, 78 horror films in 2023. Now, those are the ones I made it all the way through. Trust me, there were more than that, but uh, I started some, turned them off. Um, I've also watched a lot of other movies, not just horror films, but I will say we had some decent horror films this year, and uh, including several that I'm, I will put on my list to go back and watch again in years to come. Uh, I, as a lot of you know, I will watch a lot of the same stuff over and over again. Um, and uh, there was some stuff that, that came up this year that I will be happy to put on that list. Um, before we jump to the movies, though, uh, one thing I don't get to do, I know a lot of you follow my letterbox reviews, so you kind of get an idea of what will probably go on my best of list. Uh, by following Letterboxd, uh, but not always because sometimes I'll kick something off or change my mind about it later. Um, I don't know how many of you guys do that, but there are plenty of things that I will give like two stars to and go, eh, that kind of sucked. And then I'll think about it. And if it sticks with me enough to think about it, I'm probably, you know, going to have some, some, some secondary ideas. And sometimes my, my rating will go up Sometimes it goes down uh, because I realized it wasn't as good as it seemed because maybe I watched like 
five crappy movies in a row, and that does happen. And then I'll see something that's actually somewhat better, but not good enough. And yet I get excited and, you know, I have to go back and rethink things. But anyway, my point is you can't put TV shows on there. And there were some actually decent TV shows this year. Now, a couple of the ones that I put on my list were not new. Um, for instance, uh, From, uh, I think I talked about that in the past that I really liked the show. It's, um, it's the one with Harold Perrineau, who used to play Michael on Lost. And it's about a group of people that are traveling from different parts of the country, and yet somehow they wind up trapped in this, I would like to say little town, but there isn't much there. There's like a diner and a, and a bus station or something, and that's about it, and a house that sits up on the hill. But um, the, the big thing is that there are these, these creatures that are out in the woods that look like people, uh, and they're some sort of monsters. Uh, they turn into some kind of vampire type thing. Uh, anyway, so that's one of those shows that, that is in its second season. I thought the second season was even better than the first one. So if you haven't watched that yet, um, give it a try. I think you'll like it. Um, I also, another one that I've talked about, I think probably for a few years now, but it did wrap up this year and that is Servant that's on Apple TV. It is M. Night Shyamalan's um, produced show. He directed some. I believe his daughter directed some of them. Um, and I've been pushing it for a while. It had several seasons, but now that it's over, you can watch it from beginning to end. Uh, it is a very odd show. It's a very unusual show, and you have to... There's a lot of that, um, well, that's up to you to decide kind of thing with it. Uh, but I do recommend it. It is a very good show, and so give it a try. Um, I'll also, again, recommend Yellow Jackets. Also not new this year, uh, but it continues to be great. Uh, more and more stuff is being revealed about what happened after the plane crash. And the more that we find out, the more horrific it becomes. Um, you know, I, I'm anxious to know what happens next, but it's also one of those shows where I hope they don't drag it out too long and ruin it. You know, I can't see, I mean, go five seasons or something and be done. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. But um, it's great. It's got a great cast. Um, Melanie Linsky is, she's one of my favorite um, actresses in, she's done so many cool things and she's really, really great in this. Um, so the, the next one that I want to put up here um, as one that I'm going to recommend, and some of you are going to roll your eyes and you're going to go, oh my God, I can't believe you're still watching that because yes, it is a Walking Dead show. It's not the original one that's already done, but this is a spinoff. And um, first, first, let me say that it's not Dead City. Um, I, I wanted to like that more than I did because I'm a big fan of Jeffrey Dean Morgan and I wanted to see that character continue on. Uh, but, um, it's okay. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I'll watch it, but I don't love it. What I did love though, um, and believe me, I, I'm as shocked as you are to say that I am, I'm still stuck on a Walking Dead show, but, um, Daryl Dixon is amazing. That is a, such a fantastic show. Um, you know, I, I felt obligated to continue to finish the, the, the full series. I mean, the original basic series, but this spinoff is way better than what the original series became. Um, and I know a lot of you have said, ah, I quit watching that a while back. I, I talked to a lot of people that way, but I, I just keep pushing this Daryl Dixon show. It's so good. And it was, I, it was sad. It was only six episodes. Um, and I, I'm ready for another one. It's just really well done. It, it just kind of goes beyond the basic, 
you know, zombie stuff. There's a lot more to it than that. Um, so my last two uh, of the TV shows, and I can't give you a favorite of these two because they're both equally fantastic. Um, I love them both. I will be rewatching them both uh, before, well, one won't have another season. The next one will, and I can't wait to rewatch the first one so I can watch the second one. Um, but the, the first one I want to talk about, and it's probably my absolute favorite of the year, uh, is The Last of Us. Now, I have never played the game. I knew absolutely nothing about it going into it, uh, but I just really love the show. Um, there were things that I, I did have to ask about because I just didn't, you know, I didn't know, didn't know where it was going, that kind of thing. But I got to tell you, um, that is such a fantastic show. Um, Pedro Pascal is fantastic. Um, and I, I feel terrible. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but I always want to go that the girl that, that, that played the, uh, that was from Game of Thrones, who I thought she was fantastic in that as a, and she was a child actor in it. She was fantastic. Uh, but I really love her. And, um, that is, it's such an amazing show. And, uh, I, you know, I could just keep gushing about it. I won't, but I'll just tell you, if you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. Uh, Bella Ramsey. Thank you, Hillary. Um, she did uh, <laughs> fix that one for me. I can't watch all of the comments, but I definitely spotted that one. Um, so the other show that you have to watch if you haven't seen it yet is Follow the House of Usher. I can't, I can't say enough about how good this is. I think that, in in my opinion, it, it is a very close second to The Haunting of Hill House that Mike Flanagan did. Um, I love them both, but I, I, I like Hill House just a little bit better. But man, I love this. It was so good. And watching, well, pretty much anything Mike Flanagan does, honestly, gets me excited to know that he's the one who's going to be adapting uh, The Dark Tower. Um, that is in the works now. Finally, it's in the hands of someone who knows what the hell they're doing. And uh, I am excited about that. So um, anyway, if you haven't seen The Fall of the House of Usher, you got to watch this thing, man. Um, if you're on a break of any kind, take the time, sit down, watch a couple of these things. Um, Fall of the House of Usher is all contained. You can watch the whole thing. Um, you can watch all of Servant. You can catch up on other stuff. But I'm telling you, um, that's some stuff, I think, anyway worth watching. So anyway, um, let's, let's, um, let's get started on, uh, on the list. Um, I, I actually did a, a, a bit of a sidetrack at the beginning because, um, there are a few movies that I watched that I felt were really overhyped, um, which happens every year. Um, remember the, uh, the Mandy year when Cody and I both, um, spent like 20 minutes talking about how much we hated Mandy. Um, and I'm convinced that it is um, one of those movies that you only say that you like it because it makes you look cool because Mandy sucked. And so did two movies who also uh, got a lot of that this year that, oh, there's such a masterwork and all this great stuff. And they're not. OK, so the first one is Outwaters. Um, I know this was a big deal for a lot of people. Um, it was a found footage movie, which I have no problem with if it's good. Um, this movie was not good. Uh, I didn't think. That's my opinion. Again, I hate to dog too hard on a lot of movies because I know how much work goes into making a movie. And so I, I don't want to belittle people's work, but man, when that's what you watch, and I guess really what I'm belittling, or not even belittling, but the thing I'm, I'm kind of dogging on is the people who talk about how amazing this stuff is, and then this is what we get. And Outwaters is definitely like 
on the bottom of my list. Oh, except there's one that I would put even lower, and that is Skinamarink. Holy crap. I If I could sit and aim a camera at a light fixture for 20 minutes and pretend it's a movie, um, apparently I could make this same film. I really hated this movie. Um, it, it really made my hate list. Uh, I said, I don't like to be that way, but man, that thing is unwatchable. I, um, I When I first saw something about it, the concept of it looked interesting. Uh, I wasn't really sure what was going on, uh, but I, it looked interesting because my vibe from this thing was that this guy was taking some of these images that had really messed with him as a kid and was turning it into a film. Um, but don't, just don't. <laughs> it was just so bad. I, 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 I don't personally know anyone who finished it. Um, I finished it, but that was mostly me just kind of fast forwarding through it. Um, to see if anything happened. It doesn't. Just so, Spoiler, it doesn't. Um, most people I know turn it off after like 20 minutes. And um, I, and believe me, it doesn't get any better. Uh, that's just my opinion. Again, my opinion. But there you go. All right. So before I get into the real list, I also want to mention that there were a few franchise movies that I watched and that I really enjoyed. Um, I didn't put them into my favorite list. Uh, because I'm not sure what they were doing was all that different from earlier entries in the series, but they were still worth watching. Um, so this wasn't all the franchise films that came out, but I had a few that I did enjoy. Um, Insidious, The Red Door, I liked it. Um, I, again, sometimes I think when movies are popular, uh, people want to dog on them and make you feel bad for liking them. Um, I like this movie. I thought it was good. I thought it was clever. I thought it was cool, a cool way to go back because, you know, um, three and four weren't, weren't like, you know, in the series. They were, I mean, they were like prequels. And so they were cool. They were good, I thought, but they didn't like go right from the family from one and two. And this one did. And, um, it's the same actors, same kid that played the little kid in there. Now he's a, you know, a young adult. And uh, the fact that they were so traumatized by what had happened to them that they had sort of blanked it out, you know, and all that, I, I thought it was I thought it was cool. I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I thought it was maybe a little long, but uh, on the other hand, still good. So that's again, it's my opinion, uh, but uh, that's one I could get behind. Uh, I also liked, and again, shoot me if you want, but the Nun too. I like the second one. I like the second one better than the first one. Um, are they completely over the top, impossible to believe, and there's no possible way that I think they have anything to do with real life? Well, I could say that about all the Conjuring films, because that is literally the truth. They have nothing to do with real life, and neither did this, so why not just enjoy it for what it is? Um, I like uh, Tessa Farmiga. I think she's great. Uh, I watch her in The Gilded Age. She's great in that. Um, I think she's great in whatever she's in. Um, that She's in my favorite season of American Horror Story. Um, so, you know, I think she's great in the Nun movies. I will watch one more. I think there's going to be one more. I will watch it. Um, but I like her. And so uh, I enjoyed this movie. So, uh, again, I hate to, you know, be a downer to anybody who thinks that's uh, lame, but there we are. I also, I guess I should include, um, as far as franchises go, I should include Evil Dead Rise, since this was a sequel to the 2013 Evil Dead movie. But... I also have that on my, um, you know, on my best of the year movies. So 
I guess we can mention it here. Um, I thought Evil Dead Rise was phenomenal. Uh, but of course, I have watched. I mean, you know, I watched the old ones when they came out. I, you know, I, you know, the, you know, the. I've seen the, you know, Stephen King, the future of horror stuff. You know, all that stuff when it first came out. Got intrigued. Loved the first one. Um, as corny as it is, the second one's okay. It's more comedy than it is horror. Um, and I don't always hate that. That's sometimes a great thing. But um, in this particular case, I thought the first one was a lot scarier than the second one. Uh, Army of Darkness is, it is what it is. I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's Army of Darkness is just fun. But, um, you know, the 2013 Evil Dead movie is, there's nothing funny about it. It is flat out scares. It's really well done. Uh, I think that's a, a really good movie. And this is, while not a direct sequel, it is still a sequel to that. And uh, I thought that Evil Dead Rise was great. Uh, I thought moving the setting out of the woods finally um, kind of took it away from the trope that we've always had of the cabin in the woods, you know. I mean, there's a reason they made that movie, you know, with so many movies in cabins in the woods. But moving into a high rise with the earthquake and everything, I, I thought it was great. So I will, um, I will encourage you to see that if you haven't. Uh, just be prepared. It's very violent, very bloody. So if that's not your thing, uh, it may not be for you. Um, so anyway, um, now this, this movie, I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm not, it's not really part of a franchise. Um, but it kind of is. And I honestly, I'm not even sure I'd call it a horror film. Maybe it's horror adjacent cause it's a monster film. Um, but it, it is not part of the current monster verse that legendary has created, you know, with the new Godzilla and the new King Kong and the Monarch series, which is a blast on a Apple TV. But man, I'm telling you, if you get a chance to go see it in the theater, go see Godzilla minus one. Just trust me on this. Um, even if you're not really into monster movies or, you know, even if you, if you never watch any of the Godzilla movies, doesn't matter, has nothing to do with the Godzilla movies that, you know, were out, you know, on TV when I was a kid, you know, I watched all of those with the guy in the suit, you know, obviously a big rubber suit stopping around a miniature Tokyo. It is nothing like that. And it's not the, the CG Godzilla from the new movies. This movie is, is really good. And it's not just a monster movie. This, this thing has a lot of story behind it and a lot of emotion behind it. And uh, it's really telling the story. So I, you know, if you get a chance to see this thing, go see it. It is in Japanese. Uh, it is subtitled, but I'm telling you, it's it's worth it. Uh, it's really good. And I think that, um, you know, if you like that kind of thing, you would enjoy it. So anyway, my most controversial of the franchise movies I left for last. And I'm convinced, um, you know, uh, my only excuse is that, you know, the reason that this is controversial, the reason that people have crapped all over this movie the way that they have is because the horror fanboys, which are almost as bad as the Star Wars ones, just need something to bitch about. And this was a prime target. And it, you know, it was asking for it, just like when uh, they redid Halloween a few years ago, when they did Halloween and, you know, the, the three movies. And, and listen, the last one's terrible. Don't get me wrong. Halloween ends was awful, but the, the first one was pretty good. Even the second one was okay, but the third one was bad. So I don't know where this is going to go, but people crapped all over that first Halloween too, just like they did Rob Zombie's version back years ago. 
Um, and But this movie is not a reboot of anything. It's actually a sequel. And it's, I know, it's Exorcist Believer. It's a good movie. I don't know what people's problem is with it other than just what I said. People just want to dump on something. I like the movie. And listen, I, I may know a thing or two about The Exorcist. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I kind of do. So I enjoyed this movie. I like the fact that they didn't paint, you know, the Catholic Church as the, the, the heroes who ride into the rescue this time. Yeah, their shit didn't work. So that didn't work. Uh, and how do you complain about a movie that has Ellen Burstyn in it playing Chris McNeil for the first time in how many years? 40 years. I mean, 50 years. I mean, you can't. You can't complain about that. So I, I don't think so anyway. So anyway, um, don't believe the stuff that you've heard. Um, if you've just heard that it's terrible, don't don't believe it because it's really, just give it, a, give it an honest try. It's not as bad. Uh, I liked it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm saying it's not as bad to people who think it's bad because it, it's not. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. But anyway, so let's get started on the list. Okay, so these movies, I, I do not have these movies in an order from like best to worst because these were all movies that I gave four or four and a half stars to, every one of them. Um, they were all movies I really liked. And the only order that I'm doing them in, same thing way I do it every year, is that I start with when they came out. Okay, so I, I, I work backward on my list is what I do. And so this one was a January release. So, I mean, it's going way back there. Uh, but I really dug this movie and it is called There's Something Wrong with the Children. I really like this. Um, it's a couple of these couples, uh, one with kids, one without, uh, go out to like a vacation kind of thing in the, in the woods, uh, going on a hike and they find this like... Um, like a, a ruin that has this deep well in it. And um, at some point, after they all go back to the cabin in the middle of the night, the kids end up going out to this place by themselves. They end up in this well, and then the guy finds them, and then uh, I don't think they're crazy. Things get crazy. So um, anyway, I like this movie. I thought it was really cleverly put together. I thought it had a lot of great twists. I thought it was very creepy, especially like the... Um, the secret language these kids have. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would recommend this. If you, if you haven't seen it, uh, look it up. You should be able to find it pretty easy at this point. 
Um, just kind of put in, a, you know, put in a search for it. I'm not sure exactly what it's playing on. Um, I should probably know that, but you know that stuff changes all the time. Uh, I think Cody and I have talked about that. Um, it does change quite a bit, so it's hard to keep track of where stuff's playing. But anyway, so the next one, um, the next next movie, uh, just to kind of give you an idea of how things jump around and how. Things were uneven this year. Um, the next movie that I picked came from May. <laughs> yeah, so a bit of a jump from January. But um, this in this one is called uh, Husiera, the Bone Woman. And this was a Mexican horror film, uh, which, you know, I think you guys know if you've, you know, if you listened to the show in the past, I, I do watch a lot, especially um, Mexican and South American films. Um, my The scariest movie I saw this year is an Argentinian film. So, but... As far as that goes, this this was a good one. Um, this was a, a horror film that sort of um, explored uh, the difference between reality and the expectations of motherhood. To be honest with you, of all things, um, it is um, it's not for everybody. Uh, it's got a lot of folk myths in it, uh, Mexican religious beliefs. Um, uh, not a ton of jump scares, but man, there are, and when there are, they're really there. But um, anyway, it, it's sort of, um, I'd say influenced by like Rosemary's Baby, um, but it, this is a really great film. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, just, you know, as long as you don't mind subtitles, which, you know, you shouldn't, um, we should all be, you know, accepting of subtitles by this point. Um, and if you're like me, you're so deaf from loud music and loud everything else over the years that you turn on the subtitles anyway. So uh, anyway, um, so let me move on to the next one. Uh, the next one, I think this is probably one that most of us um, saw, most of us liked, I, I would think anyway, and that is The Boogeyman. I thought this movie was phenomenal. And talk about, you know, talk about a story coming up that you think, how in the world would you film this? This is a short story about a guy talking to a psychiatrist. Literally, the opening scene of this movie is pretty much the entire story. And yet they turn this into something really amazing. I think this this movie is so well done. Um, you know, and it's not just a horror film. I mean, you've got, you know, the, the grief and the loss, you've got families coming apart, a father dealing with the death of a wife and a mother. And, you know, uh, Chris Messina plays the dad. Um, he meets a patient, uh, it's David, uh, Desmalchian who plays Lester Billings. If you've read the short story, who's always amazing. He's in like so many things in small parts. And if you don't think, if you think, oh, I don't know who that is, believe me, um, look him up. You will. Um, it's got, uh, the girl that plays Sadie is from Yellow Jackets. Um, yeah. And the, the littlest girl, she's the one who played Princess Leia in the Obi-Wan series, which in my opinion was the best of all of those Disney plus Star Wars series. And I don't watch them all, but I dug that one. That one was great. And I really liked her. Marin Ireland is in it, who is fantastic. She is from, uh, the dark and the wicked, which you might remember a couple of years ago was like my favorite film of the year. I still recommend that to people. If you're looking for a really scary movie and you've never seen The Dark and the Wicked, you have to find that tonight. Don't, when we're finished here, go find The Dark and the Wicked and watch it because it is one of the scariest films I've ever seen. It is in my top 10 of all time. Um, so anyway, 
this movie is great. Um, the Boogeyman was, I think, really well done. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I've seen it a couple of times now, um, and I can't recommend it enough. Um, just, uh, you know, uh, also, the other cool thing was that the um, director of this is the same guy that directed, Rob Savage, the same guy that directed Host, in 2020, which you might remember us talking about that because that was like the first like pandemic movie. Remember, uh, for those of you who saw it, it was all shot on Zoom when Nosovs didn't know what Zoom was at the time. That's still, I still, that's one of the few pandemic movies I will go back and watch. It's so good. And he did that. And there's actually a host Easter egg in Boogeyman. Uh, there is a scene directly lifted from host right in the movie, but now you got to go watch it because if you've seen Host, you're going to want to go look. Okay, so um, let's see. The next one that I picked, this is an off-the-wall choice. This is not a, um, this is not your standard, you know, thing. Um, it is uh, supposedly based on a true story, but I don't know about that. But it is brutal, it is insane, and it is called God is a Bullet. Now, this is not, I would say, probably horror adjacent. It's horrific, that's for sure. Uh, but it is super bloody. It is super uh, bizarre. Um, it is. Um, it stars, um, oh, God, Nicolas Coaster-Waldo. Okay, he's Jamie Lannister, okay, uh, from uh, Game of Thrones. Um, he plays a cop. Uh, named Bob Hightower, and he finds he finds out that his ex-wife has been murdered and his daughter has been kidnapped by this completely unhinged satanic cult. And um, he decides he's a cop, but he decides to take a leave from the force and infiltrate this cult somehow. And I mean, he gets like tattooed all over his body and goes after these people. Now, this is not like your cartoon devil cult. You know, we were back when we did our road trip movie and we were talking about like race with the devil and it's just a bunch of guys in robes. This is nothing like that. This is brutal. This is hardcore. Uh, Jamie Foxx is in this. He, he plays kind of an unlikely, I guess an ally, I guess you would say. Uh, but he uses his, like a CI. This girl, she's the only one who has ever escaped from the cult and she is a trip on herself, and he uses her to get back into it. Um, you know, like I said, this was for me, but I won't lie, even I cringed on some of this. It's super violent, but honestly, I um, I really dug this movie, so if you want something that really kind of pushes the limits of stuff, this is for you. Try it. Uh, God is a bullet. It's long, but it's worth watching, I think. Anyway, so um, the next one on my list is, um, again, probably one a lot of you have seen, and that is Talk To Me. Talk To Me was, I think, probably, I wouldn't say it's the scariest film of the year, but it's definitely, it's definitely my favorite. I'm going to say it's my favorite. Um, I don't think it's the scariest one I saw, but it's definitely my favorite. Um, if you haven't seen it, or if you don't know anything about it, um, don't, don't look anything up. Just go in and watch it. Um, I mean, the, the, here's the synopsis. Um, a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand. Maybe. Maybe it's an embalmed hand. We don't really know. Uh, and then they become hooked on it. And it goes too far. They open a door to the spirit world. And uh, listen, this, I, there's only so much I want to tell you. If you have, if you've seen it, you know how good it is. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it because it's that good. 
Um, you know, I know there's been several things here. I keep saying, go see it, go see it, go see it. Um, you know, you could just rent this one at home. Just watch it at home, man. It is, it is a trip. It is like nothing you've seen before. Um, I have not seen a movie that is like this. Um, it's got great twists. Um, the fact that they don't try to explain, you know what it's like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of It Follows, which is a really like a top 10. I love that movie. And they never explain exactly. All you know is what some people say, you know, this might be it. This might be what's causing this. Well, nobody knows. They're making it up as they go. It's the same thing that happens in It Follows. It's the same way with this. Nobody really knows why it works or exactly what's happening, um, but something is. And man, it's so good. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, you, you really got to watch it. Um, it's good stuff. Um, so let's see. The next one on my list is um, Communion Girl. Now this is not a, this is not something you saw at the theater. Uh, it's not something that's going to pop up. You're going to have to search this one out. I, it was probably on Shutter, I think, um, but it, you're you're probably going to have to search for it. But um, again, it's a Spanish film, so there's that. So you're, it's going to take some subtitles. But man, it's it's definitely worth watching. Um, and it's set in 1987, which is awesome because yay, that means no cell phones, which you know how I feel about the cell phone thing. And it is about this girl who is with some of her friends and they are on their way home and they see this girl, the little girl in a white communion dress on the road. Well, it turns out this ghostly figure, if that's what she is, um, is linked to a girl who went missing and to a couple of suicides that happened a few years before. Um, I mean, it's a ghost story, so I mean, we're not, you know, it's not reinventing the wheel or anything, but man, it's really good. And it is, um, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, it's it's not something that, you know, never seen anything like it before, but it really, it really made high on my list. I, I really enjoyed this one. I think you guys would too. Um, it's one of those films that it's not a gory film. I, I try to mention that because I know that there's a lot of people who don't want these you know, you don't, don't want God as a bullet. I mean, that's a horribly bloody film. And parts of Talk to Me are, but only parts, not all of it. Uh, but anyway, Communion Girl is not, so that's probably something that you would like. Uh, I also, um, next to my list, I should say, I think this was an August release. Um, this is The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Um, again, it, this was kind of a hit and miss thing for a lot of people, uh, not for me. I thought it was amazing, but for people who don't like period horror films, that might be a problem. Uh, I I loved it. In fact, when I left the theater, I said the coolest thing you could possibly do with the Dracula story is... See, the problem with every Dracula movie is that it starts off really cool when Jonathan Harker is at the castle. You know, you got topless models trying to suck his blood, and, and then they come to London. And then things start to drag. And then you got all these, you know, corny guys competing for the one girl. And, you know, and that happens in everyone. Now, I'm not talking about just the Bram Stoker one. I'm talking about all of them. So the best thing to do would be, what if you split Dracula up into three films? What if you made a trilogy out of it? Um, the first act would be Dracula's Castle, which if you had a whole movie or 90 minutes or something to deal with, how cool would that be? This could be the second chapter. Because this is a chapter from the book, Dracula, and it's not even a chapter. It's like a paragraph. 
pretty much, of the Demeter crashing into Whitby. Um, they find the people on board the boat. Um, and all we know is that the ship's log talks about how people are disappearing and they're showing up with their blood drained. Well, that's what this is. And the whole thing is told from kind of the point of view of the captain, uh, a young boy that's on board, a girl that's on board, and this doctor who they've taken on who needs a trip to get to um, England. And so he signs on as a doctor on the Demeter and here they come and they're coming from Romania and they've got all these boxes of dirt, which is of course Dracula's boxes of dirt. And Dracula, because at this point he is still in, in the middle of changing, he is a monster. I mean monster. And this dude is scary. And I thought this book was great. I'll tell you what it is. It's like alien on a ship. That's, that's what it reminded me of. The, the original alien on, on a sailing ship set in 1897. But anyway, so then the third act could be Dracula in London and all, everything that goes with it. So splitting it up like that, you could really have a cool little trilogy. Anyway, it's a great movie. Uh, Corey Hawkins is great in it. Liam Cunningham is one of my favorite British actors. Um, he's in it. He was always my favorite in Game of Thrones. Um, uh, again, David Dalsmachian. Uh, here he is again. Uh, so anyway... Um, I, I highly recommend Last Voyage of the Demeter. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, I hope, I think you guys would like it too. Um, then there's a movie that came out at the end of August um, that should have come out in October because it is literally a Halloween movie. It takes place at Halloween. Uh, but this is, I would say this, it, not a, it's a great film, but I would say it's the weirdest horror film I watched that is somewhat mainstream. I mean, there's some weird shit out there, but this was as far as mainstream goes. Um, and that's cobweb. If you have not watched cobweb, you need to find it and watch it. Um, this is a freaky movie. Um, I, I was looking forward to it when I first saw it announced. Um, Lizzie Kaplan is in it, who I love. Anthony Starr is in it, who I love. I, I was a huge fan of, of Banshee. Uh, when that series was on. Um, the guy who did Marianne, that, that series on Netflix, and if you haven't seen that, go watch it. It's Spanish, but it's, it rules. Um, but anyway, he did that. Um, and um, anyway, he put this together, and it's about a boy who lives in this house. His parents are weird. You know something funky is going on. You don't know what. Um, he might be abused. I mean, he's got this teacher who's really great, and um, she... Um, She's thinking there's something going on with this kid. She's trying to find out what's going on. And believe me, everything that you think about that it could be, you will never guess what it is uh, when it finally comes down to it. Um, so, I mean, this is a, a little bit barbarian, a little bit malignant because it is nuts. Uh, but there's a lot of creepy stuff. There's some uh, great performances. I mean, this is... Um, I mean, it's got some of that typical, you know, why why did you go there and why didn't you call the police things to it, like so many movies do. But on the other hand, man, this is good. So I highly recommend it. Um, so the next one um, might surprise you. Um, it's, very, it's very possible that it will. And this movie is called Thanksgiving. And if you haven't seen it, you are cheating yourself. It just um, came up yesterday. It is now available to watch at home if you didn't go to the theater to see it. Um, I did not expect anything from this other than just some kind of corny, you know, goofy thing. Because if you might remember, this was a fake trailer that Eli Roth had done for the um, uh, that Grindhouse film. And that was back in 
2007. So that's how long ago that was. And this was a, a fake, you know, a fake movie that he did that he, you know, claimed was coming out. Um, obviously, it wasn't or it was never intended to be, but he decided to put it out. And it's, yes, a killer pilgrim, uh, but it's not, I know that sounds stupid, but it is, it is, it really isn't. Um, I, I would say that this thing is, um, it's fun. It's an old school slasher, so it's not going to be for everybody, obviously. But if you grew up in the 80s, early 90s, like I did, and you watched a lot of this kind of stuff, uh, it is a lot of fun. There's fun characters in it. Um, it is, um, it's gnarly enough to be a Final Destination movie, really. But it is funny. It's, uh, it's got some, a lot of humor to it. it. It can be pretty gory, but it is pretty suspenseful, too. I mean, we really like this thing. Uh, we went to see this, and uh, we laughed a lot, um, sometimes probably when we weren't supposed to be laughing. But it's got a lot of really dark humor in it. But I recommend it. Um, so the next one uh, I want to talk about before I get to what I think is the scariest movie of the year is one that just came out pretty recently. And uh, I really liked it. And uh, again, it might be a little tough to track down, but I think it's worth it. But I'll give you some disclaimers here because it might not be for you. But this one is called uh, Lord of Misrule. Um, and this one is, um, it's folk horror, uh, which, as you know, that I really like. And um, it's, it's gotten mixed reviews. And I'll, I think, though, here's the thing. If the beginning of this movie had A24 on it, Everyone will be talking about how fantastic it is because this is a hell of a lot better than Midsommar. And I like Midsommar. Uh, but if it, if it said A24 on it, people would be going nuts, but it doesn't. And so we've got a movie that's a bit of a slow burn. It's folk horror. It's about a, a new vicar. It's a British film. Uh, a new vicar, husband and her daughter moved to this little town just in time for the Harvest Festival, of course. And then the daughter disappears, um, you know, a la we've got the Wicker Man kind of thing. Um, I think that if you, if you watch, if you watch The Ritual, on Netflix, and if you have it, you should, or Apostle, also on Netflix, creepy as hell, or The Hallow, all of these movies on Netflix, all of them you can watch anytime you want to, all of them great, all of them British slash Irish folk horror, um, I recommend all of them, but I love this kind of stuff, so that's my, um, that's my disclaimer, if you don't love that kind of stuff, it might not be for you, but I really liked it, I thought it was great, and um, give it a try, um, if nothing else, at least just try it and see what you think. Uh, but, um, so I did save this one for last. Um, it is, uh, actually one, a couple out of order from when it came out, but I saved this for last because this is the scariest, without a doubt, most horrific, terrifying film that I saw all year. And I'm still thinking about it. There are scenes in it that I will not forget for a very long time. It is an Argentinian film, um, and it is done by Damon Runga, whose last film was Atorado, or Terrified, which you may remember. That was a few years ago. You may remember me just jamming about how much I love this film, because there are things that I'd never seen before, ever. And um, he does it again. I don't know how this dude did it, but he did it again. There is stuff in this movie that I cannot figure out. I've never seen it before. But what I'll tell you is that it takes place, I wouldn't say on a farm, but in, in the countryside, uh, a rural area anyway. 
There are these two brothers. They go out hunting. They find um, a, a priest who's on his way to visit a neighboring farm, and he is um, he's out in the woods and he's dead. And they go to the farm to tell the family that this guy is not coming. Sorry, hey, we found him out in the woods. He's not coming. And they're in a panic because the priest was coming because he was going to try and help their son who is infected with something. Now, I don't, it, this is not, I mean, this is not a demonic possession film. There, there aren't any Catholic priests. There aren't any, there's no holy water crosses, exorcisms anything like that. It, it is, is evil that is possessing people like a virus. And um, there are these rules that are set up through the film uh, as a way of getting rid of this stuff, which of course then leads to mistakes, which leads to chaos, which leads to some terrifying, terrifying stuff. I'm going to say one thing. Listen, if you watch this movie, all I'm going to say, one thing I'm going to say the dog. That's it. And now I'm not telling you, I'm not saying, oh God, the dog dies. I because mean, a lot of people won't watch it. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is the dog. And that's all you have to remember. And when it happens, you will go, shit, Troy tried to warn me. So I'm warning you, this movie is terrifying. I mean, I could not recommend it more. It's beautifully shot. I mean, it's well acted. It is completely original and it is utterly utterly insane. Um, so it's called When Evil Lurks. Um, I believe it's on Shutter now. Um, if not, pay a couple of bucks to rent it. I'm telling you, don't, don't take this recommendation lightly. It is amazing. This is a terrifying, absolutely terrifying film. Um, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm going to be watching it again, um, probably sometime soon, because I can't stop thinking about it. That's how crazy this movie is. But anyway, so that's my list. So there we are. That is 2023. Uh, that's the list for this year. Uh, I hope that you guys uh, enjoyed this little get together that we did here. And um, I'm going to, um, if there was something that you missed, uh, this will be up uh, for another day or so. And then um, I'll probably take down the video, but we will be posting this as a podcast. So it'll be going up tomorrow as an actual podcast. So you can listen to it on your stream uh, where you normally listen to stuff. If for whatever reason you want to hear it again, uh, you probably don't. But in case you missed something I talked about, this is your chance. Um, if nothing else, I'll try to put that in the show notes, at least the list of my movies. So anyway, um, if you guys had um, any other thoughts on some of these movies, or if you, I, you think I missed something, um, like I said, um, you know, post a comment or better yet, uh, send us a text on the hotline, 217-791-7859. And uh, yeah, we can talk about it some more if you want to. So anyway, guys, um, thank you so much. Uh, we will be back with a brand new season. Uh, I, I gave a hint, but I didn't tell anything about it in today's episode, but a brand new season is coming. I think you're really going to like it. I'm excited about it. And uh, we got a new season coming in January. We'll have the trailer up first, and then we'll, uh, we'll start with our regular uh, broadcast of shows. Uh, so keep an eye on for that. Uh, hope to see you at Dead of Winter. Uh, don't forget about conference tickets going on sale soon. Uh, otherwise, uh, I don't have uh, the exit in front of me. So I'll just say uh, thanks so much for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting us after all these seasons as we're getting ready to start a new one. 
and uh, we really appreciate it. Um, you know, we never thought that this would ever turn into anything uh, with this podcast. So thanks so much for um, helping us turn it into something, man. So, all right, guys, thanks a lot. Take care and um, hope to see you sometime soon. Thank you.